Sing Glory! Putting a call out on the Ladies Get Paid Slack community for Guts and Glory is how I initially got connected with Driadonna. Which, by the way, if you're a lady looking for a place to pull resources and advice from, whether it be salary negotiations, activism, legal guidance, or career opportunities, Ladies Get Paid is a key community I'd highly recommend in checking out. I'm going to be honest in saying that after college or even just high school, it can be hard seeking out a setting in which you can connect with like-minded people or to perhaps find that mentorship you're looking for. Becoming increasingly adult can become increasingly isolating, especially if you're dealing with mental health issues or living within a community that doesn't feel supportive of who you are or what you do. Okay, backtrack. Driadonna Roland, writer and editor with a background in journalism and digital media, shares her journey thus far in how she's reconnecting with her gut. In this episode, Driadonna speaks to cultivating balance between her religion and the practices that might get you a raised eyebrow, if not several. These being manifestation and listening to your gut, which is what we're all about. I hope you love listening to this fearless lady as she shares some major career moves with the help of her gut and how she utilizes therapy as a tool for personal growth, regardless of the stigma. This is I'm a Little Woo Woo with Driadonna Roland. A quick heads up, we're dealing with an overseas conversation here, so the audio may reflect this. Coming to you from New York City in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Bingo. Okay, we're good. Perfect. I'm just going to jump right in. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Okay. Well, thank you for having me on your show. Um, my name is Drea Donna Rowland, and I'm a writer and editor. I've been working in journalism and digital media for about 10 years. Um, I'm originally from Detroit, but now I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I love it. Perfect. And I would like to know why you wrote in like what was it about the subject of following your gut that attracted you you know what it is i um as i'm getting a little bit more senior in my career i'm in a place where i'm like starting to give advice to younger people and younger people who want to get into media and i just hear a common thread of people and women specifically like just being afraid and that's not something that is native to me i'm kind of a risk taker um i just kind of believe that things are going to work out for my good. I'm, you know, I'm very kind of, because it's like in my nature, I don't know that it's different. But then I talk to other people and I see that, you know, a lot of people aren't so open to taking risks, you know. So this topic kind of resonated with me because I just wanted to kind of encourage people and just kind of share of like a time that I bet on myself or I followed my gut and it worked out. And most of the time it does, you know what I mean? Like your intuition is your greatest tool. Yeah. And do you feel that, yeah, your capability of, like, really honing in on your gut and implementing it into your daily life, do you feel that you inherited it, say, maybe from some elders in your family, like, growing up as a kid? Does mm -hmm. it derive from younger years, or has it really matured over time in your more adult years? Kind of what aspects contributed to that? Gotcha. That's a great question. Um, I think it's a bit of both. I think, so my mother is somebody who just... She used to drive me crazy because I thought she was just stubborn. But she really listens to herself. She just has a very strong moral compass. She doesn't care about trends. She doesn't care what anybody else is saying or doing. And like I said, it was when I was young, I was like, oh, my God, this woman doesn't listen to anybody. She thinks she knows everything. 
But now I respect it and now I try to incorporate it more because I do have this example of a very strong-willed person who is like, no, I'm going to listen to myself no matter what other people think. And part of it is my religion as well. Um, You know, just kind of feeling like spirit guides me, you know? Yeah. And so that it gives me... And I hate that feeling of like, when I don't listen to myself and then something happens and I'm like, dang, I knew it. Like, if I would have just listened to myself, like, you know, I hate that feeling. So it, as I'm getting older, I'm learning to trust intuition more. But it definitely has been a journey. Um, And, you know, now I'm like, dang, I wish I could be more like my mom, just more like self-assured and more like I'm going to, you know, follow my truth, whatever that is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And do you have any immediate examples of how you implement it in your daily life? my daily life um you know it's kind of tricky in my daily life so I work in digital media I work at a company called complex where I'm like one of the oldest people in the room even though I'm 32 <laughs> and you know it can kind of make you feel like an outsider sometimes when you don't listen to the same music or dress the same or you know and it took me just a couple a little while to be like okay like you don't have to be like everybody just working like you're here for a reason because you have a skill set, something to bring to the table. So instead of being so worried about not fitting in, just, you know, just be you and just really maximize what you're here to do. You know what I mean? So if I'm here to write or I'm here to offer my expertise in that way, like do that, like that, let that be the thing that drives you and that you, you know, put your energy into. On the other side of the spectrum, because I know a lot of people, they hear intuition or following your gut and they're just like, oh, it's really, it's woo-woo, it's out there. And I was wondering, what is your perspective on it being a business asset? Mm. Um, I think you, you, you give, your instincts are, they make your, your taste, your judgment, your style, you know what I mean? And yeah. so those are all the things that you bring to your career, to your decision making on a daily basis. Like, I trust my taste. I, I, my opinions are not always popular or they're not the mainstream, but, you know, I think that they've served me well thus far. And I don't want to be like everybody else. I just try to lean into my instincts so that I'm not... That's what I have, like, original thought, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I don't think intuition... Sometimes for me it's kind of woo-woo, honestly, because I am a Christian. I am kind of like a spiritual person. And I do believe that sometimes, um, you know, just being, I believe that God gives me signs. I believe that sometimes, you know, he speaks through people or situations. So I, you know, yeah. I am a little woo-woo. <laughs> yeah, but also I do think that if there's concrete reasons to listen to your instincts because that's you know that's what you bring to the table. At the end of the day, like I'm a writer, you know, and a lot of people can write, but what's gonna make me different is my instincts, my taste, the things that I lean toward, and the things that I find interesting, and how I communicate that to other people. And do you have an example of a time or situation where it was guts versus logic, and you went with your gut? Yes, I have a. Um, so I was working at this media company that you know, really big, really popular, really fun place to work. And I loved it there. Like, I had been there for two years. Um, I worked with my friends. They gave us a lot of perks. Like, but I started to feel like I was getting complacent. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel like that I wasn't on a path that would lead to growth. And so it was one of those things. It was like, you can, you like it here. You're having fun. Like, you can stay here and chill, you know, or you can, I just felt like I was capable of more. And started, you know, asking around, asking about the career path, asking for new opportunities. I started volunteering in other areas, just trying to demonstrate that I could do more. 
and I wasn't really getting anywhere. So after a while, it just kind of was like, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit here and wait, or are you going to bet on yourself and, and listen to this thing that's telling you that you're not satisfied? You know what I mean? Like, I, when I'm over something, I'm over it. And that, and that yeah. to me, is instinct. That's my gut. Like, and people can be like, give me a million reasons why I should stay or why I should like the thing. But if I feel myself getting bored or, you know, getting complacent, that is my intuition telling me that it's time for a change. And so I just, I was like, okay, this could be crazy. This could blow up in my face. But I went for it and I started applying for jobs and I wound up getting two really amazing offers. And I'm telling you, um, I left the one job on Friday making like $53,000 and I started a new job on Monday a better position, making $85,000. Yes, like, just because well, I trusted myself, just because I was like, I know I can do more, I know that I've proven myself, and if they don't see my worth here, then I'm going to take this chance that somebody else will see my worth. And it, it worked out, you know? I feel like you really just laid yourself bare and were really vulnerable, and that free fall moment is like, you have to trust there's a safety net. Yes, you have to. You know, and it might not come immediately. Like sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to tell somebody like just jump out the window right now. But <laughs> eventually, you will. It, it'll work out. You know, you'll learn or you'll grow. And I hear like from friends, people in my immediate life, they're they're always kind of defaulting off of others around them. Um, okay. When it comes to like making decisions, and they want to hear like someone else's perspective, what's their opinion? Yeah. And most of the time, when you kind of go over with someone's, like, situation, it's usually there's a lot of fear behind what other people are going to think of them. And I was wondering, like, did you encounter, like, a certain backlash from, like, friends or family and how you kind of dealt with that if you did? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people thought I was crazy. People, like, you know, and they still do. <laughs> um, but I, it's exactly what you said. I try to determine, like, where, where does this purpose, person's perspective, where are they coming from? Because a lot of times when people give you advice, they're projecting their own things yeah. onto it. You know what I mean? So I ask myself, is this a person who's like-minded? Do they have the same kind of perspective as I do? Do they see, you know, are they a glass half empty, glass half full kind of person? You know what I mean? And, and that helps me decide, okay, whether I'm going to take their, their advice with a grain of salt. You know, because it's all just an opinion, but some people's opinions are based on fear, and you have to recognize that. And I am a person who... I do that. I ask a lot of people for advice and opinions, and you know, I'm on Google, you know, looking for five tips to do this and that. Knows. But, but what I realized now that I'm older is just that the more outside opinions you seek, the more you're diluting your own voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I ask ten people, I'm gonna get ten different answers, and really, the person I need to be listening to is me. So, seeking advice is good to a point, you know, but. After a while, it's just it's just clutter, and it's going to be kind of productive. Do you have any ways that you kind of pull back to yourself? Any small rituals, things that you do that kind of just declutter all of that? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Especially, like, living in New York, where you always oh, want to yeah. go somewhere and be somewhere, and it's so noisy, and you just, you know, it's hard to get still. But you have to. And so what I do is I, you know, I can't think if I have work that I need to do. So I make sure, <laughs> I just make sure, like, there's no, nothing hanging over my head. Yeah. And I light a candle, 
I might sit on my couch or not, or in my room, and I write down every single thing, everything that's going through my mind, every decision, every alternative. You know, why do I want this? I try to interrogate my, my desires. Why do you want this? What do you think will happen if you get this thing? Or whatever the case is. And then after I write everything down, I just pray. I get really quiet, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but you know what's what's in your plans for me, so just lead me, you know? And, if, you know, God doesn't speak to you like, okay, this is what you do now, but... <laughs> don't look for the signs. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if you did? But I feel like, like he honors your stillness and he honors your intention, you know? And so it might be the next day in the shower and I'm like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. Or I'll go for a jog in the morning and I get an idea, you know? Like, I, I think that there's, there is a process where there's like a power in just being like, I'm going to be still and seek and, you know, and look internally and for me, upward. But I definitely like get still and quiet and just make space. Like, I turn my phone off I don't need any Ooh, notifications. Yeah. I'm buzzing. Like, you know, I turn off social media. That helps a lot. It's a big one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you feel that the people around you or what you're seeing in the media, kind of the gut instinct and intuition, it's becoming more of a mainstream practice? Or would you say that it's still very much, like, frowned upon? wholeness and wellness are becoming more mainstream and they should be yeah um but i don't know if people are really advocating like just you know how you can't tell if something is like trendy or if it's like really oh yeah oh yeah yeah that's the thing so you know wellness and health is an industry right so a lot of people are going to give you like (laughs) this kind of advice because it's popular right now but i i have kind of curated my social media or some of the sources that I read and I have no idea how I found these people but they kind of um they they advocate intuition and spirit and listening to your gut and I try to kind of turn down some of the superficial people that I used to follow on social media and and find more people who say things that resonate and I think that's how you you know like does it agree with you does it confirm something that you already feel yeah um yeah so I guess if somebody is is wondering, how do you know if it's mainstream or how do you know, you know, I think it's about like, does this thing align with something that I know to be true or does it feel creepy? You know, does it feel like make a dollar (laughs) off of this? You know, because there are people who do that. I, I follow people who are like, call in on Sunday night at 12 for $30 and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> you know, we got to do a full moon reading, but, you know, pay, send me money on PayPal first. I'm like, girl, what? So, yeah, no. <laughs> it's a cottage industry for sure it, that's creeping up. But I think it's about, um, there's so many different practices and ways to, to find enlightenment or whatever, if that's what you're seeking. So find something that resonates and something that feels true. Yeah. I like crystals, but do I really need this whole entire set? Or it's like, do I need exactly. another protein to add to my smoothie? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And um, I, um, I do yoga and I do this one, like a very, like a restorative yoga. And I like it because when you're doing like those deep stretches, you like really kind of sit in your stuff and you think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you try not to think. And that's good, too. Sometimes the absence of thought is what will lead you to whatever you're seeking. Because 
sometimes you get in your own way. Like, you overthink, you overanalyze, you pick things apart. Um, and so it can help to just clear your mind completely or to be in, like, a guided situation. So, like, yoga or even sometimes soul cycle, they get kind of inspirational and stuff. And, or, like, guided meditations. Like, sometimes that does help. So yeah, kinda, like, you know, taking it back to, like, the physical self. Yeah. Instead of continuously being up in your head and like going around in circles. Exactly. Exactly. I'm bad at for that. I don't know. I feel like you're very much in a place where you would attract these kind of people into your life who are like-minded. Yeah. Do you feel that so far you have a group around you that also resonates with this line of thought? Um, you know, I think what you said about attracting is very, very real. Um, I happened to go on a, a writing retreat last week. And while I was there, this one of the participants did a tarot reading. And a lot of the stuff she said was, like I said, was just like confirmation, like things that I already felt. But it was just interesting that I could be in this group of strangers and we all kind of, she did the reading for everybody in the room, you know. So like everybody was open to it is the thing. And so they were like-minded and that's rare. Um, but it's interesting that I just kind of put myself in a situation, you know. Um I don't think I have a lot of friends who are as focused on this as I am because this is very important to me, like, you know, personal development or, or really crystallizing who I am and what I know to be true so that I can go back to that. This is really a priority for me right now in my life. And I don't know if my friends are on that wave to that extent, yeah. you know. But I do think that I have kind of attracted situations or put my or attracted people who are, even if they're not like my day to day friends. Like, and when you when you when you find those moments of connection or those pockets, it feels very affirming. And it's like okay, I'm on the right path. And, and I go to therapy, and that helps too. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. And a lot of people, when I say I go to therapy, and I don't know if it's like a cultural thing, but a lot of black people are like. Oh, what? You do what? Tell me, why would you do that? Tell me about it. Were you scared? It, it, it's not really a norm. And so uh, I find myself like advocating for it and just trying to tell people that what it does for me is it helps me to sort through all the thoughts, all the things that are kind of productive, all the clutter, and just kind of you know strip that away and get to the core of who I am and what I believe. If those thoughts serve me, if I need to unlearn something, and it kind of helps me to, okay, this is who I am today. How can I take the experiences from the past and use them to make me better if I know that I don't necessarily want to continue to be do the same things or get the same results? It's more of like a daily kind of upkeep, and it helps you break down your life and process it, and it, you're not crazy if you're to therapy. That space, and you can't always demand that from your partner or your friends. Yeah, that's true. And also, you do so many things that are subconscious that you don't even know. And yeah. so having somebody who's objective and a third party who can help you kind of analyze why you do those things or help you connect the dots in that way is helpful. Because if somebody who's too close to you sometimes, they can't really see all your stuff. <laughs> they can't really see all the threads. So yeah. going to like a third party and an objective person, it, it's helpful. Kind of removing maybe their ego from like the situation as well, where they're 100% there for you. Sometimes it's scary to confide, even in the people who are close to you. They have some kind of attachment to you, and you don't want to do anything that would damage that relationship, you know? Um, you don't want to be too honest sometimes. You don't know what you say might scare them or, or push them away. So therapy is kind of like a safe space where you can just be completely honest, and you don't have to worry about, like, 
am I, is this person still going to love me if I tell them whatever? It's, it's helpful for me in really trying to develop this intuition and following your gut, which is what we're talking about. I'm interested in why you started this podcast and why you were interested in this thing personally. Yeah, I mean, thanks for asking. Um, it's just been always such an asset in my life. And in every single situation, I've always made a point to be extremely centered within myself. And I always feel like I've been pretty strong in who I am. And when you kind of get that taste, that free falling, where you're like, I don't know what's going to happen next, but like, I trust, I completely trust, and then everything works out, you become more aligned. And it's you kind of get addicted to it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And I like what you said about that. You've always kind of been centered in who you are. See, I haven't. And that's why, for me, it's such a big thing right now. And you know what I'm talking about? Um, putting myself in situations or going yeah. to therapy. Like, I'm going out of my way to try to get back in touch with identity and to be centered. Because I feel like I kind of got away from that. And, you know, so I'll, I'll <laughs> back up a little bit. My 20s were just like a very using time for a number of reasons, you know. Um, I graduated 2008, so it was like the recession, right? So I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing with the job. I don't know how to get where I want to be. I'm in a relationship, and we were living together, and it wasn't going great. And it just kind of caused like a lot of, I guess like an identity crisis kind of. Just like, it made me feel like the things that I used to do or the person I was wasn't enough because I wasn't getting the results for the success that I got you know when I was younger or whatever and I was just kind of got to a point where I was asking myself okay what's the difference why do you think you know the path was easier why do you think that you were more successful at one point than you are now and I'm telling you it was just like because you're not clear on who you are so how can you attract anything how can you get what you want if you don't know what it is and so I've been very intentional about trying to get centered and trying to really crystallize my identity because I feel like once you know what you want and who you are, it's easier to follow your gut. You know what I mean? Like once you trust yourself in that way. One hundred percent. Yeah, and and what you said about it, like when it works out, it's like exhilarating. And you absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So I hope that people who listen to this podcast will um, want to get that feeling, or you know, will seek that because there's there's power in it. You know, and it's gonna guide you. It really will. If you have any recommendations that you feel speak to your own personal journey of staying true to yourself, um, and it can be like a song, it can be a book, or something intangible. Like a resource that I feel like would help other people? or Yeah. Or maybe like what really helped you. That is a great question. You know what helps me is like, so people like to tell me that I'm weird. And when you internalize that, it muddles your perception of yourself and who you are. And so for me, I've had to be very intentional about being like, no, it doesn't make me weird. It makes me me. And leaning into those things. So, for instance, I like to go to the library and I check out books. And people are like, what 30-year-old still goes to the library? I do. This is my thing. I enjoy it, you know? Why would you think that's weird? Cause, like you could just read it on a candle. Who has time to read a book? Like, oh my god! <laughs> so I just do the things that that I feel like make me me, and that I don't know. You know, it, it just makes me. I don't know if, it's, if confident is the word, but you know, I think there's power in being like, I'm gonna own who I am. If it's popular, if it's not, 
So, you know, like I go to dinner by myself. If I want to go to a new restaurant, like, yeah. I'm going to check it out. I don't want the people, you know. Or I might, I'm obsessed with lipstick. That is my thing. So, sometimes when I'm really feeling like, what's going on? I will just go to the beauty supply store and play with lipstick and buy a new color. And it'll usually be something really bold, like a hot pink or a purple. And it just makes me feel like feminine and powerful and, you know. And I think there's something to it about, like, if you do the action, then sometimes your, your, your mind or your emotions will follow. Or I'll give you another example. Like, one time I had a job interview. And I really wanted the job. And I went into the office and I was like, it's cold in here. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this job. And I went, I left the interview and I bought a sweater because I was like, I'm going to need this in this office. And I wound up getting a job. And I, I couldn't wait to put my sweater on my chair when I started on the first day. That is a good I, one. Yeah, like I do things like that. Just like I'm going to take the action and just believe that it'll follow. Whatever it is, it'll line up, it'll work out. Guts and Glory signing off. This is Drea Donna. This was I'm a Little Woo Woo with Drea Donna Roland. Refer to the show notes to further get to know our guest. Share thoughts and show us some love by subscribing or get in touch to be featured on the podcast. Released every other Monday. Thanks for lending us an ear. Passing on the mic.